Fabio. I am Chris Charles, and this is Straight Job, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I am joined once again by my man, Mr. Jake Huffman. What's going on, buddy? Man, two weeks in a row. I'm I'm getting into the swing of things. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to start doing this regularly. This makes me excited in a non inappropriate way. I think you said you were going to pull something out before the show, man. What are you talking I did. About? I said I was going to pull something out, but I did follow that sentence with a literal, uh, figuratively, not literally. Not literally. Yes, he yeah. did. And, you know, before we get started, we got to say, you know what? Rest in peace. Bob Saget, man. He man. passed. What the Danny hell? Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner, man. He's gone. Bobby, what are you doing, dude? 65 years old. And the only reason I bring it up, man, you know, everyone grew up with him in our generation, the Full House show. But you know where he kind of changed for me? Because no, everyone, he was this vanilla dude, the dad on TV, but he was in his cameos, man, like the Chappelle show when he was doing mm-hmm. like, do you suck, you know, for cocaine? And man, those are like the classics from Bob. Yeah. A lot of people who have only seen him on Full House have no idea what he was like outside of that show and uh, he was not the clean cut Danny Tanner on the outside. So it was kind of crazy. I mean, 2022 has already been crazy, right? First off people magazine jinxed Betty white into dying. Mm. That was sad enough. And then John Madden. I mean, now we got Bob Sag. I mean, this is, it's only January 11th. Like what the hell? 2022. I know, man. And same with like uh Sydney Poitier. He's gone too. like, I, it's just not good. I don't, I don't like this. Why is it every time these guys are dying at the first uh, first like couple weeks of the new year, man? I I wish I had an answer for you. Maybe it's just because like at this point, like we're not hearing a whole lot of other news. So, like they just hit harder. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a new year and we are all expecting good things and then bad yeah. things happen and it just screws us over here to start off the year. Yeah, I don't like it. Anyway, just had to drop it real quick because, you know, I liked his comedy. He was funny to me, man. Bob Saget, rest in peace, brother. Dude, we got to jump in first. I want to talk about that that Chargers uh, Raiders game, man. <laughs> what the hell did we win? I wanted to tie so bad. So did I. And and I th- when Justin Herbert even mouthed that, he said, you know, I just want that tie so bad. It was, I think, okay, my opinion is that Staley totally screwed that up because the timeout mm-hmm. that he took, they were going to run that clock out, man. And not only did he, when he took the timeout, he took out his middle linebacker. Yep. They didn't have, they had 10 people on the field. What the hell happened? Staley, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't. And I think that I even saw a clip and I'd be lying if I said I remember who the player was, but it was a Raiders player that was talking to Austin Eckler after the game on the field. And if you read lips, it looked like he said, we were going to let the clock run. And Eckler was just like, oh, you could tell, tell he was demoralized for a second. But it was, I don't, it was a great game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all, we all hope for great games. It was a, but the implications that were all on the line, I mean, man, it, maybe it's my own Arizona Cardinals bias here that I didn't want the Steelers to have anything to do with the playoffs. And I was sure. kind of hoping these two teams would get in instead. But yeah, uh, I, I would much rather have seen the Chargers in the postseason than the Steelers. That'll piss some people off. But I think the Chargers and Justin Herbert, they're just fun and exciting. They should have been in. And I mean, they mm-hmm. were the better team overall over the Steelers. I mean, really, Steelers versus KC, we'll touch on that. But I mean, yeah, it, I mean, Justin Herbert, man, that last drive, it was like 18 plays, two minutes of clock and like 90 some yards. He could not be stopped on fourth down. Yep. This is what you want to see in the postseason. And now we're robbed of Justin Herbie, man. I know now. The big question is, is going forward to 2022, Mike Williams is a free agent. Mm. So. Is it is it Josh Palmer time? Do they bring Ooh. back Mike Williams? We're going to touch on some free agents a little bit later here in the show. I have some questions for you, but Justin Herbert, I think that their window is going to be 
I don't want to say wide open because the division he plays in a lot can change here this offseason, but this kid is special and he's going to win a lot of ball games in LA. If you rank him right now, where do you rank him as a top quarterback? Because I'm, I'm like overall in the NFL right now, as of today. Oh God. I mean, he's top five. I, I'm, I'm with you. And it's, you can't argue it. He, mm-hmm. he can be in the next two to three years, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the entire NFL. That's how good I believe Justin Herbert is. And what's crazy about it is because he's not asked to do it a lot. The guy is a really good athlete. And if he had to run and scramble more, Dude could be up there getting the same amount of yards as Josh Allen and, and stuff like that easily. He's just not being forced to do that. The offensive line improved a little bit. They have the weapons down the field. He's not forced to run a lot. But if he ever needed to, I mean, he could just rack up some stats in the rushing game as well. Yeah, it's hard to argue. And I mean, Staley, to me, was the reason why they lost this game. That fourth yeah. down he went for, like, what, on his own 20-yard line, they didn't convert. That was a terrible decision. And again, the timeout, I mean, but Keenan Allen was weird to me because he seemed like he disappeared in that game. And and it bodes the question to me because he wasn't necessarily playing hurt this year. I don't really recall him being hurt at all this year. Mike Williams spent some time in the in the injury room, which I don't think that they're going to necessarily bring him back. I think that they have other weapons like a Josh Palmer. Um, but I mean, Keenan, man, where are we at with Keenan right now? Because as I was watching that game, it started, it started to uh, metamorphosize in the, in the cranium. What the hell does that mean? Holy you know hell, big word. I'm, I'm using big words, man. I broke Damn. out the dictionary before, man. In the cranium, it's metamorphosizing. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm questioning Keenan Allen right now. I mean, the, the thing about Keenan Allen is, in my opinion, one of the best route runners in the NFL. Mm. He's kind of come to be one of those consistent weapons in that offense in LA. He's got, you know, great hands. He's involved a lot. He's heavily targeted, but I think that we're trying to put Keenan Allen into a tier that he just doesn't belong in. And when he doesn't a hundred percent perform all the time, we kind of go to what you just said, like what happened with Keenan Allen? Well, he's kind of just what he is. I, if you had to tell me right now, the top 12 wide receivers in the NFL, I'm not putting him up in there. Mm. I mean, I think there's a lot of young talent. I mean, he may be close. Sure. I'll say maybe top 15, top 18 without looking at it right now, but he, he's just somebody who is safe. He's steady. He's a great safety valve for Justin Herbert, but am I going to put him up there with the elite of the elites? Probably not. And for that reason, because there are going to be times where he somewhat kind of disappears. Yeah. And I, it makes me think because like, as I was watching that and the entire season didn't really go the way we thought, at least the way I thought for Keenan Allen, I thought it was going to be explosion by fire did not happen as, as much as we wanted to say. And I mean, they did rotate a lot of their, excuse me, wide receivers out of that uh, room this year, but I mean, his stats were still fine. I just, it wasn't that takeover. And I kind of want to, it kind of feels as though he is on the decline already. And that's, that's weird to say he's what on the edge of 30 right now. And for wide receivers, I mean, they don't really decline until like 32 ish, but I mean, I, I kind of feel like the speed was never necessarily there for him. Yes. The route running can make him be a wide receiver for longevity for a while in this league. But I don't know, man, it's something about it. You know, Herbert on the rise, you thought he was just going to take over in this offense. Just didn't feel like it this year. What's crazy about it. And when you look at his stats now, I get it. They played 17 games, but he did miss one, so he only played in 16. He he had the highest catch total of his career, 106 balls, mm-hmm. career high. He caught 1,138 yards. The, let's see, in 2020, only played uh, like 13 and a half games, just barely under 1,000. Before that, 1,199, 1,196. So he's like right on par mm-hmm. where he has been. The guy basically gets six touchdowns a year. 
now this is what one, two, four out of the last five seasons, he's had six touchdowns. I mean, that's like his number. Like he just gets six and stops, but he's, he's what he has been. It just maybe is a little bit un, or undershadowed, maybe or just kind of ignored because we expect more because of Justin Herbert. Yeah, maybe that's it. I, and he's got like Julio syndrome when it comes to scoring touchdowns. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he is the PPR safe guy. We know this. You can easily have him as your wide receiver one and still be happy. But I mean, yep. I don't know. I just want to touch on it. I was thinking about it and, you know, made my head hurt a little bit. But we got playoffs, Jake. We got Uh-oh. playoffs. I, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Are you excited? Our teams are in. Our teams both made it. Uh, my team will probably be short-lived, uh, if I'm being honest. But, I mean, yes, we are both in there. You know what? And maybe maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I don't care. It's you know, This is where I have my open forum. I enjoy the playoff football a lot more than the in-season football because I'm not making weekly start-sit videos right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I can actually sit there and enjoy the games and not feel like, oh, my God, did I just ruin somebody's season by telling them to sit somebody that I shouldn't? So, for me... It's finally time for me to kick back, relax, and watch it and enjoy it and not be paranoid about the advice I gave earlier in the week. See what you guys are doing to the man. You're making him sit there and stress on Sunday. the reason I'm going bald. You know, frick, man. It's God's day. You're supposed to sit and chill on Sunday. Go to church. Watch some football. That's what you do. That's right. First game, man, LV versus Cincinnati. It's interesting on Saturday, man. You know what? The NFL literally wants to get guys divorced, man. Wives are going to leave us, uh, you know, faster than Saturday, Sunday, Sunday Monday, Monday games on wild. What are you doing, man? The wife is going to kill me. But we got Las yeah. Vegas and we got Cincinnati. First one up, man. Let's break this bitch down because I'm I'm excited, man. Cincinnati's, you know, we you said hop on last week. I was already hopped on, but you know, I just they they look exciting, man. Uh, Cincinnati about to put up a fifty burger this weekend. A fifty. They're gonna. I now I'm probably jinxing them by saying this, but to me, on paper, even though Las Vegas is somewhat underrated, Cincinnati should walk away with this ball game, in my opinion. There sh- this should not be a contest. This should be a tune-up for them, if anything else. I mean, the way that the offense is rolling, Joe Burrow kind of escaping injury to end the season there a couple weeks ago. Joe Mixon and the offensive line are doing just fine. And who the hell in Las Vegas is going to stop Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd? They don't. I don't know if they can stop one of those guys, much less all three of them. So even if they really focus their attention, put a safety over the top of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins is probably going to eat their lunch this week. Yeah, and even if Higgins doesn't do it, you got Boyd, you got Boyd Mixon. Yep. You know, even you drop in some Azuma, and he yeah. can do some damage too. This offense is very exciting. I mean, Derek Carr, I, like I said, I've always been a fan. I've always been a supporter. I think he gets a lot of bad mm-hmm. press for what he is. But I think I'm out. I think I think now is the time, even though his stats were like one of the better seasons he's had in his career again. I mean, I get it. They dealt with so much controversy, the rugs thing, the Gruden thing. Yep. I mean, I get it. You know, it's a good. Uh, they shouldn't be here. They should not be here. I right. agree. It's it's a it's a heartwarming story, but I agree. They shouldn't be here. I'm, I'm looking for the Bengals to definitely light them up and toast them. 
But we got yes. the game. We got the game that everybody wants to discuss. I know Chris ain't here I to discuss really care. it. Oh, you bastard! You I don't better care. watch this one. <laughs> Stop it! Because I won't have is... to. You're going to be live tweeting the entire game. It's true. It's what I do because you know why. I got to get some aggressions out somehow. The Buffalo Bills hosting the New England Patriots. I believe the spread right now is like minus four Buffalo, and the weather is not good. Interesting thing. I saw Josh Allen in the interviews. They're asking him about the cold weather. It's supposed to be really cold. And he says, uh, I don't have good circulation. I need to keep my feet warm. Um, he says, uh, they better be warm and not wet and, and I'll be okay. And I was like, why? Why are you saying this out loud to the yeah. people? I, I don't get it. If there were field heaters, they would shut them off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank uh, God this isn't Buffalo, man. Like you just uh, gave it. That's true. And I... I think it's going to be a, I mean, heck, we've seen this team go out there and not even have or, you know, this matchup and have New England not even throw the ball. To me, the biggest story is there's these rumors coming out that if Mac Jones struggles at all, that they could use Brian Hoyer at times. I'm like, what are you? T- I mean, shut what? up. Shut up. Don't be saying such stupidity. Mac Jones has been the best rookie quarterback overall for the entire season. He led them to the playoffs as a rookie. They're not going to take him out now. This game is really going to come down to which defense makes the fewest mistakes because all of a sudden Buffalo has decided they want to be a running team and Devin Singletary doesn't look half bad, you know, when they give him the opportunity. But New England, to me, the biggest question mark here is Damian Harris. And if Damian Harris's hamstring is okay, which I am not 100% sold on, it's going to be tough, I think, for Buffalo because New England's going to go in there and do what they want to do and just control the time possession, kind of like we've seen in the past. But if there's any limitations to that running game, I think Buffalo kind of exploits it. Buffalo needs to get that early lead so New England can't rely on the run. If Buffalo can get an early, even if we're talking like 10 nothing, if they can get up 10 nothing, I'm pretty much going to say the ball game is over because they don't want to have to rely on Mac Jones throwing the ball 40 times this game to try to win it. They want to keep that passing yard or that passing attempt total down and the rushing total high for their running backs. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, the Harris thing is massive because when you can rotate Harris and uh, Stevenson together, because Stevenson can't go outside. Once he goes uh, further than off tackle on those toss plays, he's getting caught in that backfield. That's just not his game. And Bill knows that. So he uses Harris on the outside, use Ramondre off tackle inside the guard. You're fine. But here's the thing. Bill Belichick, man, I know this guy too damn well, and I know what he's going to do. He dude, is, he's got play cards in his socks, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. He, he was so frustrated against Miami, he's pulling out the sock play card. That's like the secret stash right there yeah. is where he was going. I need points. Bring out, this, <laughs> bring out the gold. But I mean, shit, he's going to seriously lock down Josh Allen from running. That's, I guarantee you that's going to happen in this contest. And he's going to do everything in his power to do that. He's going to rely on that front four, and he's going to rely on his uh, defensive backfield to shut down the Bills' defense. It's going to be cold. We saw what the Bills looked like last week against the Jets. They were dropping passes, Beasley dropping. Man, I don't know what happened to Gabe Davis. He was dropping everything last week. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders still is a question mark to come in this game, so... Being cold and everything, Diggs was the only one catching balls, but being cold, you you know that they're going to have to catch everything to come their way, and it's going to be very difficult with a hard football. I was going to say, you have a, a hard, cold football, and Josh Allen throwing it 90 miles an hour at you, mm-hmm. and your hands and your fingers are frozen. It's not ideal, and that's why I mentioned the running game earlier. I mean, that's where I think that they really, both teams need to try and live, and whoever gets that lead earliest is going to have the the, the the favoritism here going forward. Yeah, I agree. And Devin has been running well lately. I mean, they've Damn been, it, Devin Singletary. Right? Yeah, what, how did he just all of a sudden, man? See, he got remember, an opportunity. 
there you go. Remember I said they might have been saving a lot of plays for the playoffs. They didn't want to show everybody everything. Now we're a running team. Unbelievable right. how things go. So I'm t- you're taking Buffalo in this one is what you're uh, insinuating. Yes, I will take Buffalo in this game in a, in a close game. Woo! Bills Mafia, we're going to yep. be smiling. I'm, I'm likely taking my Bills as well. You Sunday, should. we got Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. I mean, the Antonio Brown stink is off their back. Apparently now Gronk, he hit his, all his incentives last week. That should make Antonio smile a little bit. Um, yep. But I mean, hey, Philly, here we go, man. No miles, I'm assuming, still with that broken hand. So Hertz is going to have to do damage in this one. And honestly, I don't know if they can do enough. I think... I think in this game, it's going to come down to experience because we know Tom Brady and the Buccaneers deal with all kinds of injuries. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, uh, Mike Evans, not 100% should play. Chris Godwin, not going to be there. I mean, they're banged up all over the place. Even Cyril Grayson is out there dealing with injuries as well. So, I mean, there's there's limited weapons for Tom Brady, but when it comes down here to playoff experience, they are light years ahead of that of Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. And even if Miles Sanders does play, I mean, we have a lot of inexperienced guys in the postseason for Philadelphia. They weren't setting the world on fire. They're going to be reliant on their rushing. I was doing some research today. I had no idea that Philadelphia was the number one rushing offense in the NFL. It just, Mm. that does include Jalen Hurts. But it just it Still. just doesn't seem like it because they never use their running backs consistently, but yet they have a rushing attack. Luckily, though, Tampa Bay, they're like third in the NFL in rushing defense. So I, I in, in this game, I, I got to lean towards Tom Brady once again. And how many times we've seen Hurts, you know, have that slow start this year and half the claw is way back. I think yep. they even played each other once this year. And yeah, they was, did early yeah, in the season. Yeah, it was a close game, if I remember. I think it was a primetime contest, but I mean... The Tom Brady thing, man, like Gronk and Brady are going to have to carry this team to the Super Bowl and they can and, and they can. We've seen mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. We have seen it. The defense, though, no Levante David, but they might be getting back a lot of that D line. So if they get back Pierre Paul, they get back. Uh, I think Barrett was just activated as well. Mm-hmm. Those are huge upticks for them. I mean, Dean on the back end, he was hurt again. So yeah. uh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I mean, I really he's the safe bet. We know this to win it all again. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he does it this year. I don't know why. I think the injury I don't think he much. does either. I don't think he I don't think they win it all this year, but I do think that they win this week. Like I think that the further they get in, uh they're going to have they're going to be exposed a little bit more and more just due to their lack of depth uh because of all these injuries unless they can get some of these guys back here pretty quick. I I just don't trust Philadelphia. I don't trust Nick Sirianni is one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't trust when you're, when you're just looking at head coaching. Nick Sirianni versus Bruce uh, Bruce Arians. Give me Bruce Arians 100% of the time. Nick Sirianni at times looks like this offense just has no identity. Like he's just calling a play and letting Jalen Hurts just wing it. And that's not going to win football games. <laughs> Rookie head coach, man, in the playoffs. Yep. That is their Super Bowl, I think. I, I'm going with Tampa Bay, too. I think they're going to win. I, I, You know, will I be shocked at the upset? I, I, I don't think I will be. I, I think it can happen, especially the, how we've seen Tampa Bay play over the last few weeks. All the injuries, of course. But, hey, I'm, I'm going to go with Tampa in this one, too. Mm-hmm. San Fran in the Dallas Cowboys, man. In Dallas, San Fran squeaks in on the back of Debo. Man, he is just a machine. What did I see? It was like 1,400 yards, eight receiving or six receiving touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. Like, this guy, man, He is, we used to make fun of, like, uh, Swiss Army Knives. This guy is just a playmaker, a.k.a. Uh, Cordero Patterson, plus 10. Yeah, and it's it's tough because when you look at 
Debo Samuel, and look at their overall offense. You got George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Elijah Mitchell has been a surprise in the backfield. Still, the question marks at time at quarterback. A lot of people not sold on Jimmy G, but honestly, Jimmy G is not that bad. I mean, yep. does he's just not consistent enough? I think is the issue. I mean, when when he's on, he's on, but then all of a sudden you see throws like we saw last week where he's just overthrowing it by 10, 15 yards and looks horrendous. I mean, right. there's just there's just too many of those plays for people to kind of forget about. But this is going to be tough for them going to Dallas. Dallas's offense is clicking right now. Honestly, though, I think it's probably going to be a little bit closer than people think. Uh, these are two teams that, you know, they're going to go out there and, and they both have a lot, a lot on the line. Dallas, Dallas needs to get back in the playoffs and start winning some ball games. And San Francisco kind of just wants to play the spoiler. I don't think a lot of people expected San Francisco to be here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not counting out San Francisco just yet. Like I, the Dallas defense is going to have to step up because I think this is one of those occasions where on paper, you look at it and you're like, yeah, Dallas is going to kill San Francisco. And Dallas could also kind of come into the game a little bit cocky and kind of overlook them. And San Francisco is just not a bad team. No, I agree. And and the defense to me is kind of the the difference maker because that front line, offensive and defensive lines in San Francisco have been so good the last three years, bar none, probably top three in the NFL. And I mean, they're going to need every ounce of it. But I mean, Dallas, on the other hand, they don't run very well. Even Zeke. Okay. Yeah. He's he is recovering from that injury. We know this. He's been playing hurt for most of the year. He does not look like the same player to me whatsoever. I think the 49ers will not be terrified to stop this run. It's going to be all on Dak. They're going to play coverage. Yes, they got CeeDee Lamb, Cooper, and company. No Gallup now, but Cedric Wilson apparently is trying to take that job. He's a thing. Yep. He's, a, he's a thing now. So, I mean, the defense, you know, it's going to be the Parsons show. We know this, the dig show, but they're so opportunistic that plays can happen at any given moment in these games. Like Diggs, 11 interceptions, but how many times has he been cooked on the field? We've seen it yeah. numerous times because he is that opportunistic. So I'm with you. This game is definitely not a, a full-blown Dallas favorite for me, even though they are in the favorite uh, on the spread. But I, I, Jimmy G, man, just don't make a mistake, and you guys got a shot to win this game. They do. They do. If they can... If they can control that time possession and just keep the offensive opportunities to a minimum for Dak Prescott in that offense, I, I would not be surprised if at the end of this ball game, San Francisco doesn't pull it out by a few points. Yeah, man. It could be a one-point game. I yep. like it, man. Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Chiefs hosting them. I believe it's like a 13-point spread. Good for you, Big Ben. You know, you, you kept your Cinderella last season story alive for one more week. I, I think this will be it. <laughs> I mean, okay, Kansas City. They have not been the same club. I, I don't care their winning streak. They're 12, mm-hmm. and 12 and 5, whatever they are. They have not been the same team. This offense is not the same. The defense put them together. They were, what, at 1.3 and 4, last in the, in the division. We all were thinking, are they not going to make the postseason? That's how bad mm-hmm. they were playing. They moved Chris Jones back in a defensive tackle, and they go and get Ingram from the Pittsburgh Steelers, coincidentally enough, yep. and he kind of revamps that defense. This defense has played well enough for them to get extra possessions and Mahomes to get the ball. Kelsey has not been the same. Tyreek has been somewhat up and down every Mm -hmm. week. The run game has not been there. And again, Mahomes getting interceptions dropped left, right, and center all season long. I mean, are they going to win this game? Sure. But again, like Tampa Bay, are we really saying they're going to the Super Bowl this year? I don't know if I can say it. I mean, it's another one of those situations when you look at it, you're like, yeah, Kansas City should win this by two scores easy. And then, like, this little voice in the back of my head is like, are you sure? Because how fitting would it be for the Cinderella story of Big Ben to make a run in the playoffs? Mm -hmm. And 
I'm not going to sit here on a microphone and say the NFL is rigged. I am not that type of guy. I will. <laughs> I say that there, I mean, overall, there's going to be Fair certain enough. instances, I think, where they make certain calls because of the optics of the game. Sure. 100%. Yep. Do, do I think that they throw games? No, <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think that you could convince enough of the NFL players to do all that consistently, but I am not a hundred percent sold that Pittsburgh doesn't make some type of emotional run. It may end this weekend, but with what uh, he's just like a difference maker. And we saw in the Super Bowl last year, how do you really limit the Kansas city chiefs? You get in Patrick Mahomes face as quick as you possibly can. Luckily for them, they have arguably the best pass rusher in all of the NFL that can get in his face super quick. And if they can do that, he started to make a lot more mistakes. That's what's happened this year with Patrick Mahomes. Teams watched the Super Bowl. They watched Tampa Bay. They watched that pressure. And they said, oh, this is what's going to give us a chance. We're going to you know, go one-on-one on the outside and just try to get in his face as quick as we can and hope that he makes mistakes. And he has. Pittsburgh is going to do the same thing. I mean, they're not going to all of a sudden just totally change things up. The biggest question here for me is does – Big Ben's arm have enough life to go out there and put up enough points because I don't see this being one of these grinded out nine to six games. I think this is going to be a little bit higher scoring. And if Big Ben can keep pace, just another one of those games, it wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh wins it. I think Kansas City does, but I won't be shocked if Pittsburgh makes a run. Yeah, and it's the offensive line for Pittsburgh that scares me half to death. I mean, we've seen Najee. He's struggled. I mean, he's had a great season. He struggled to get the the good yards per carry, the good chunk yards, five, six, seven, ten. Like it, he struggled uh, in, in, as the season wore on to get those yards because the O line just couldn't do it for him. Yep. Big Ben is a complete statue. He's not running. He's not doing anything. No. If you get in his face, he's collapsing like paper. And I mean, that's going to be the detriment. They got to go quick and fast, you know, short pass game over the middle, Deontay and Claypool, you know, you got to just, you got to move this ball down the field systematically dime nickel and dime down the field for Pittsburgh to stand a chance. Again, this is like San Francisco. Don't turn this ball over to Kansas city and you'll stand a chance. Try to get one from uh, Mahomes Cause I mean, you know, flying around like the matrix doing sidearm eventually is going to yeah. c- catch up with them. Well, then that's something we got to look at too is Najee. I mean, he was, even though he ended the season with crazy target, had 94 targets, let's be realistic. Crazy. Uh, let's see, what is that? 19 of them came in week three. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one game. Right. Outside of that, it was fairly consistent. But then towards the late half of the season, we're seeing games where he's only getting like three targets a game. If he can't find a hole in the rushing game, find a way to get him the ball you know, get you know a few halfback screen passes, whatever you want to do, something short across the middle, try to get him the ball in some space, let him make something happen. But they've kind of gone away from that, which is a little bit crazy here to me because if Big Ben can't consistently go deep down the field, they really don't have a guy who's like their underneath guy. Like, who is the underneath receiver for the Steelers? I mean, Claypool and Deontay Johnson, I guess you can say it's Deontay Johnson, but he's still somebody who's going deeper down the field. When they lost Juju, they kind of lost anybody across the middle, that short to intermediate route. Let Najee fill that role and and Mm. see what can happen at least here for the playoffs. I agree. And uh, how many times when we started the season, we – Totally believe that Najee was going to be the Le'Veon Bell of this offense and how they yep. utilize. And, it, you know, for the most part, he was. We can say that. But, you know, the consistency levels, like you're saying, in the target share, get that back up to certain levels where you can feel comfortable that, hey, they're going to have to creep up to stop the check down. They're going to have to do it. And then you're going to expose them outside. But, I mean, I agree. I think KC... I believe it's over 13 points to spread, but I, 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 I don't know. I'm still on the fence on where I'm going with that one. But 
Monday Night Football Wild Card Edition. Your Cardinals, man, taking travel to L.A. to face the Rams. Your Cardinals have looked broken since uh, Kyler hurt, hurt his ankle, I believe, uh, versus Green Bay, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been the same, man. And, I mean, I get the DeAndre Hopkins thing. He's been out. I get it. James Conner's been running extremely well. Mm-hmm. The defense is where I'm at right now because they mm-hmm. looked piss poor last week. You're going up against a Seahawks team that had no, nothing to play for. A Rams for. team. Sorry? A Rams team, not the Seahawks. Did you guys play the Seahawks last week? Oh, you're talking about last week. I thought you were talking about this week. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. last week. Don't okay. confuse, man. I, I'm like, dude, the Seahawks didn't make it, bro. <laughs> I wish they were playing the, the Seahawks C- this yeah, they're, week. <laughs> they're, they're playing the Seahawks this week. Russell Wilson, he's going to do well. But, yeah. I mean, they had nothing to play for last week, the, Russell Wilson, and he literally took it to you guys. But neither did Arizona have anything to play for either. Fair enough. It's a, it's a great argument, too. Why they I mean, even had James Conner out there and stuff is idiotic to me. And, and he got hurt again, did he not? Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be banged up. I mean, it's James Conner still. I mean, he's... He's fought through it a lot this year, but here is the biggest example that if, if you watch the NFL from the outside and you want to kind of get like a sneak peek behind it, the NFL is very, very based off of like momentum and I don't want to say cockiness, but like swagger and they, they need to make sure that they're playing confident. When you lose confidence in the NFL, done. You, it is the Arizona Cardinals this year because they were arguably the best team in football the first half. They could not be touched basically the first half of the season. When, when some things started to happen, when they lost J.J. Watt, and then all of a sudden they started to pile up. They lost Tyler. They lost DeAndre Hopkins. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, they're throwing their hands up. The team lost all confidence. And I kind of throw some of that back on Cliff Kingsbury for not keeping them in the game. Mm-hmm. But it's like once they've lost this confidence, I don't I don't see them regaining it. And going up against the Rams in a win and go home, win or go home type scenario, I don't want to be in that situation going up against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I don't want to deal with that. I mean, now all of a sudden Cam Akers is back out there. Which is mind blowing. I don't understand. I <laughs> still, I, I still can't compute that at all. Me neither. The fact that he's even not just activated, but he's on the on the field. You know, getting the ball is crazy to me. But it's like all of a sudden, it's kind of a switch. Getting Cam Akers back, it's like an emotional switch for the Rams. Sean McVay has done this before. He's led them through a playoff run. They have a veteran quarterback in Matthew Stafford, and even though he's turning the ball over way too much, there's not enough defensive firepower to stop the offense of the Los Angeles Rams. It may not be pretty on either side, but when you're looking at it coming down to defensive stops and big plays, the Rams win both of those categories. And even though I love the Cardinals and I'm rooting for them, I don't expect them to win this weekend whatsoever. I just hope that they put up a good fight. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a little bit more favorable on these cards. I think the one problem that I see was when Kyler came back from injury, it was against Chicago in that rain, that sloppy game, and he was running wild. And I get it. It's Chicago. We, we understand the, the competition. But that was that confidence that you wanted to see back. He got it in that game. But then the week after, it was like it completely lost. So like you said, I agree. Everything in this league, especially in the playoffs, is momentum-based, confidence-based, and you're going to feed off of your success. That's how it works. 
The Bills are four four and oak going into the playoffs right now. The Cardinals right now they're on the opposite end, man. What are they? One and three. So um, they're one and four in their last five. There you go. And they were one of these teams that they set an NFL record, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, road most road wins over ten points this season. And 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 all of a sudden it fell off. And Cliff Kingsbury to me is to blame. Kyler Murray maybe he is still playing more hurt than we truly believe. Maybe that ankle because we haven't seen him take off like he has. Maybe they were saving him. Maybe they said, hey, you know we we know we're in the playoffs. We get this playoffs playoffs but i mean playoffs talking about playoffs but i mean you know we're they're in the playoffs so maybe they were just saving that ankle to say hey you know what you're gonna go balls out in the in the playoffs and and hopefully you beat these rams if that's what their thought process was i think that they would have rested james connor fair enough and that's what worries me is the fact that they did some stupid things late in the season and when you take a look back at the you know the all the, all the games here for kyler murray the game log when they were dominating he was throwing the ball 30 to 35 times a game. All of a sudden, they start losing, and Kyler's pass attempts, 49, 41, 43. They're not finding the success. They're not holding that time of possession. They're giving defenses or opposing offenses too many opportunities because their defense just isn't stopping anybody. And a lot of people can say, well, yeah, they're losing. They're having to throw more. Well, first half of the season, they weren't falling behind like they were falling behind here second half of the season. And, and having to play catch-up is not what the Cardinals do. You give them a lead, they can hold it pretty well. But if they don't have that lead early, it's like they start pressing too much, and, and it just falls apart. Yeah, and Kyler, it's one of those things. I'm a huge Kyler fan. I love the guy. I think he's a fabulous talent, but it's just, you know, when when he came in the league, I, I questioned his aptitude in the past game. A little bit, not to the degree I would say I, I criticize maybe a Jalen Hurts in his passing game, but I think Kyler is a fabulous passing quarterback. It's just something right now is just not right, and it's the creativity in Kingsbury that we we discussed before on previous shows. They got to get creative, man. There's no motions again. You're not all you do with Rondale is the sweeps, man. Like Christian Kirk going seven and nines, man. Like get creative, man. I could dissect this on a defense. You put me on the sidelines. I know what you're doing too. Like, come on, Cliff. Yeah. I was a backer and you're making me look bad, dude. And, and when you look at it at the team and who led the team in targets for the season, maybe we just overvalued some of these, like maybe AJ green. We were, I was me personally, I was excited about AJ green having to be like the number two in the yep. offense. Obviously he's not a number one anymore. And he got put back into that role and he, he didn't impress me too much, but Christian Kirk with 103 targets, 77 receptions, 982 yards. And honestly, the bulk of that came second half of the season. And sure. I, I get it. And I, I'm not going to make any excuses for Kyler because even though he lost his number one weapon, I think he still had enough to go out there and, and not, you know, struggle as much as he did. A lot of dumb mistakes that look like dumb Kyler mistakes. Were they route running mistakes? Probably some of them. Mm-hmm. I know where there's a, a few passes that went through receivers' hands that ended up in tipped balls, which turned into interceptions. So, I mean, all that stuff goes against Kyler. Not all of it was his fault, but he struggled more than you'd like to see at this point in his career on a team that was as good as they were. Uh, this looks like the Cardinals that, you know, finished nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine. Like this is what this feels like. This doesn't feel like a championship team that we kind of felt the first half of the season. And the fact that they couldn't hold it together with all the, I mean, Hey, I mean, even though JJ Watt was hurt, he was still there. Sure. I mean, and that was a big emotional letdown for them. Chandler Jones didn't do a whole lot when he first came back. It's just overall, it's like there was no glue and everybody kind of just went their own way. 
and everybody just faded apart. And that's where I blame Kingsbury the most. Yeah, I agree. It's it, I'm, I'm pointed at, at, at Cliff too. And then on the flip, I mean, are we concerned about Matthew Stafford? Cause he has never been in this situation. Unbelievably said he has, he ever been in the playoffs maybe once in his career. That's a great I, question. I don't he even had know to have been, right? I mean, I, that's what I'm thinking once at least I, I'm going to, I'll look it up, but I mean, I'm, I would think, I mean, I'm, I guess it is I, Detroit. But. I'm going to put money on it that he's never been to the postseason. Um, 2014, they went 11 and five. They had oh. to have made it that year. Okay. Fair enough. One year. Yeah. He threw for 4,200 yards and 22 touchdowns this year threw for 4,841 touchdowns. But here is my take on the Los Angeles Rams. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Cause this is what I'm thinking is going on with Los Angeles. They knew early on. Maybe not early on, but over the last three weeks of the season, they knew that they were in the playoffs. Yes. It was, they didn't know their seed. They hadn't won the division, but they knew that they were going to go because of the struggles of the Arizona Cardinals. They knew they were in. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, the last three games of the season, Matthew Stafford has had seven interceptions in three games. Yes. To me, this is Sean McVay tinkering with the offense a little bit to see testing. Hey, yeah. What can we get away with? Yeah. yeah. What, can, what can we find here? Maybe, maybe it doesn't work out, but maybe he's out there trying different things and experimenting so that they know exactly what to do come playoff time because they could afford to make those mistakes because they knew that their, their fate was sealed. And now all of a sudden, Hey, Matthew, we're going to try, we're going to try to squeeze it in a little bit tighter here. What can we get out of this? And, and it maybe have been a little bit of a learning curve for Matthew Stafford as well. We saw some of those mistakes, but in my opinion, it's just priming them for the playoffs and the Rams are going to be one of my favorites. I think with, with the amount of <laughs> amount of playmakers they have on both sides so of the football. So much juice, man. I mean, they if the offense struggles, the defense can pick it up. If the defense is struggling, the offense can score points. It's like there's no overall weakness. And now once you get into the the one and done in the playoffs where anything can happen in just one game, mm. I, I want to put it on some of that experience in a, a veteran quarterback with huge playmakers. I, the Rams could be a team that could be pretty scary in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I like the Rams. I'm only concerned because of the picks, and you, you put a good theory to, uh, in place. I don't hate that. I had to let that digest and fester a little bit. See? It's, it's this nice. is what I do, Chris. This is I like what I it. do. You make things faster. That's the cranium, right. the cranium is hurting. Um, but I mean, seriously, like that is uh, to suggest that, you know, you're testing and tinkering like you would be in training camp. I don't hate it because you got to find some new avenues to yep. score points in the playoffs. Playoffs. Yep. We're and starting I mean, to see more Tyler Higby lately. Higby? Yeah, we are. I mean, you're just true. seeing different things that you didn't see the first half of the season. And I can totally see them just playing around with the offense to see, hey, what what do we really have available if we need it come playoff time? Imagine if the Cardinals are doing the same shit. Just I, just, just imagine. Dude, <laughs> I hope they are. I Unbelievable! So they if are. they did that, they're like, "We got you, fool!" No, we got you. Dope. That's it, man. We're, we're we're pulling the wool over everybody's eyes. Nobody. It's gonna be like a fifty-two doing. to fifty-five game. <laughs> watch it overtime. Yeah, you yeah. watch it. Sudden death or unbelievable. I am excited. I love the postseason, man. But I mean, hey, you wanna you wanna put some pressure on this guy? What what are we doing? I, you I, know, I I've listened to the show for a long time, obviously. <laughs> so I noticed that you always come up with the topics and you put the pressure on the guest here because I have no idea. A lot yeah. of people will probably say, "Oh, they share show notes." Heck, no, I have no, no idea what the hell you're going to talk about before you say it. So I'm like, you know what? Payback time. So Let's here we go. go. We're going to talk about a few different things that have been in the news here lately. The first thing being. 
the coaching changes or the coaching firing. So mm. as of right now, we have what? One, two, three, four, five, seven potential job openings in the NFL. We have the Miami Dolphins, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, Denver Broncos, now the New York Giants because they finally got smart and fired Joe Judge. And we also Perfect. have the Raiders and the Jags. Which of those teams is the best available situation for a new coach? Oh, that is a great question. Great if you question. Could choose where you wanted to go. Which team would you pick and why? You know what? I'm I'm sticking with Miami. And I and I even though the division is getting a little tougher. So if I'm going, maybe I'll twofold this answer because I like two teams. But Miami to me because of the defense. I think that defense is just stellar on paper. You can build around that defense. They have young talent. That Hollins kid or Hollis kid is unreal. You still have Xavier Howard. These guys are cornerstone pieces that you can build around. I absolutely love it. I'm a Tua guy. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not a hater. A lot of you know what's he really gonna be in the long run if his ceiling is Kirk Cousins. What's wrong with that? I'm okay with it. You know, as long as he does, he's he's better than a game manager. He's better than Alex Smith type. They, you know, figure out the run game. Get yourself a good running back so you don't have this rotational piece. You got Jalen Waddle, Waddle, Waddle. It's Waddle <laughs> time, baby. And, and and you know what? Okay, I get it. You know, the division is is growing, but they have an opportunity. That's why I was so shocked that they got rid of their coach because of Flores because. He came back and did an eight and one uh, after going one and seven or whatever it was, seven and one. And and you let this man go. He deserved one more year. But if mm-hmm. it's me, I, I I like the Miami gig. If if it was me, I'd go to Florida. And you think about it, with Florida, it has a lot of other perks outside of football. Absolutely. I mean, you got no state taxes in, in Florida, so there's a plus. You make you, more money. You, you, you got the beach. You got you're bikini, in South Beach. You got I mean, bikinis South... and thongs. I mean, what, how can you hate it? I mean, I hear, I hear you. That, that will appeal to free agents forever, right? I mean, that's you kind of have a one up there. I don't hate that situation overall. I think, honestly, you can look at almost every one of these teams and think that they could be in a pretty good situation. We talk about Chicago. They got Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney. Yep. What happens with Allen Robinson? Question mark there. Defense, super solid defense. Vic Vangio did at least one thing right in Chicago. They got a solid defense. Minnesota, you got Dalvin Cook. You got Justin Jefferson, but you have a quarterback question there with Kirk Cousins. And does that's, he stay? that's why I'm staying away from Minnesota right yep. now. If I, if I was a coach, I don't like the QB situation. You don't know how you're going to play it out with Kirk Cousins. And like you said, you know, are we going to be fall victim to seeing JJ, you know, play with shit quarterback play yep. for how many years? I don't like it. Yep. And then you got Denver, another quarterback concern. Hmm. I mean, Drew Locke and Teddy B are not the future in Denver. Uh, the New York Giants, Daniel Jones doesn't seem to be the guy there. Agreed. They got question marks. Now you got a whole lot of drama because there's a lot of money tied up there that's not producing hardly anything. Uh, you have the Las Vegas Raiders, who are now a playoff team. I mean, you can look at it that way, but let's be realistic. I'm not a believer. I'm not a, an overall believer in that either. There are there are a few pieces away still. Jacksonville, you got Trevor Lawrence. You should have Travis Etienne back. But I, don't, I mean, I don't, I, okay, and you know, I'll add to Miami. I think they're the top cap-free team coming into this season too. So that's why I also put that there. You got money to but, spend, money to spend. But when you got Jacksonville, if I had assurance that they would give me that job for four years, if I was the coach coming in, saying you guys are on ground floor, you got to give me two-year leniency, and then the next two years after that is the evaluation tool. 
then I would go to Jacksonville because, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the guy. I, You know, rookie season, we saw Peyton Manning throw like 100 interceptions in his rookie year. That doesn't mean anything in an offense that had no wide receivers, O-line was terrible, and basically you didn't, and uh, Urban ruined the offense by not running Robinson and mm-hmm. losing Travis Etienne. So, you know, it, it is appealing. They have pieces on defense. Look what they did to the Bills on that defense. Josh mm-hmm. Allen on that defense, you know, he took out the Bills. He took out Carson Wentz, shut down JT. There mm-hmm. are pieces to play with. They have salary cap room. I don't hate the Jacksonville gig, but I would need assurance from the coach. Give me four years. The biggest issue right there is the assurance. The one thing with that, though, is you don't have very high expectations. That's right? It. I mean, you go to you go to Jacksonville, you win four or five games. You've you've made a, a, a huge leap forward. So that's one thing I think where Jacksonville and Miami both kind of have uh, a lead a little bit there. If you're looking for the best team that I can go win at right now that still has young pieces, that's a good work-life balance, I have to agree it would be Miami. All right, what about what about we move on to free agency? And there are some big names Ooh. in free agency that we'll be talking about here in weeks to come. Love it. I have, real quick, four running backs and four wide receivers. I just want you to tell me if you think that they stay or they go with their current team. Okay. Let's ready? This. I'm ready. De- Devontae Adams. Devonte, he's tied to Aaron Rodgers pretty much. He is, and that's and that's where my 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 that's where but I was is he going to sign a long term deal, knowing that Aaron may not be there long term? I, why would he? It's Jordan Love. So, and then you, I mean, okay, it does Green Bay get lucky and Aaron stays for another year? Maybe. Maybe. Do they find a quarterback in this draft and groom? Maybe. But again, so much uh, speculation. I'm going to go on the the premise that Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. Okay. I think he's going to be, whether it be Denver, whether it be Pittsburgh, whether it be what at retirement and jeopardy, who knows? I would think that that's going to, but here's the thing. They're going to tag his ass. So he's yep. going to have to stay. They can franchise him. That's it. And and he's going to have to stay unless he holds out. But you know, Devonte, like he said, man, if you're scared, go to church because right. I'm, I'm playing. So you know what? I, if he didn't get tagged, I would say he's out the door, but they're going to likely tag his ass. What about Allen Robinson? He's out, man. There's no way they're doing that again. Even even with a new coaching staff coming in. I think, could they honestly franchise tag him again because of the season that he had? I was saying it by what? Week seven, I believe that A-Rob was dogging it. And, and you know what? He just said, you guys put me on the tag. You didn't want to trade me. Is it selfish? Sure, we can look at it that way. He was mm-hmm. playing with injuries, but he was not the same. He was not separating, and that's not Allen Robinson. Robinson can separate by turning his hip and, and you know just hitting the dirt, man. That's that's how good he is. So for me, I think they're no matter who's in there. A, a Rob, he's done. They're, he's out. Here's a tough one, Chris Godwin. Mm. Man, if it wasn't for that injury, he's the out. Injury he, makes it the injury. He's, makes a, he's it out in different. he's out in Tampa. I don't think they resign him based on cap troubles. Um, but yeah, where does he go? That's that's another question because I mean he's gonna start the year. This poor bastard, he's gonna start the year on the pup <laughs> somewhere. Like, ugh, man, oh man. <laughs> Unless he just needs it, a payday. That's it. He he's gonna be one of those guys with a cup in his hand, man. Like yep. I'm here to play, but I don't have a knee. So yep. He's gonna have to go somewhere that's going to be a I don't want to say a contender because there's gonna be a lot of lower level teams that have cap room to go out there and sign them, but yeah. I feel bad for Chris Godwin. So do I. That I, I injury was the worst timing possible. I feel horrible. He's an East Coast dude anyway. He went to Penn, so I mean 
Maybe a team over there gives him a shake. Maybe he goes to New York to add to those. There you go. Go to New York. That's right. What about Juju? Mm. Mr. Juju dancing on logos. He's done. No way Pittsburgh brings him back either. They got cap troubles. They, 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 they look good with Deontay Claypool. So Juju to me, the, the Kansas City thing is interesting because he bowed out last year. Remember, mm-hmm. he was he was going to take that deal and then and then he took less money. So that's maybe Kansas City. Maybe would he really stick it to his old club and go to Baltimore? Would, would I mean, he maybe, really, maybe to me personally, it still wouldn't surprise me if he went back to back to Pittsburgh on a on a lower level deal. I mean, he just seems like that kind of kid that kind of wants to stay there. Yeah. I know he wanted to finish there with Big Ben. If Big Ben is gone what's the quarterback situation look like then he may not want to go back but i think if you look at deontay johnson and more so chase claypool once juju went out claypool wasn't as big as a lot of people thought he would be it's true i had a lot higher expectations he couldn't fill juju's shoes which is kind of crazy to say it is crazy and the way claypool plays man he's he's gonna have a very short career that's number one and i you might be onto something in that one i gotta maybe rethink that one because he is that hometown guy. He likes mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. He he seems to me like, you know, I'm comfortable here and I don't yeah. need to go. And, and especially young in his career that he downed going to Kansas City, potentially going for a run for a Super Bowl with Mahomes because yep. you like Pittsburgh and you like the money. I don't think you like Ben that much, man. But yeah, exactly. You know? So that's it may make you think there a little bit. All right. It's now a couple of running backs. What about Melvin Gordon? Buffalo. That's what you want. No, I'm, I'm, I don't even want him. I think that's what's going to happen because we offered him that deal two for 14 before he signed in Denver. He took two for 16. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the Bills, they want that. I, the Bills, I, how do I put this so I don't sound stupid? The Bills, they want There's, wanna, not, there's no way you can there's say There's no this. way I can have it. It's, just, it's, <laughs> a, it's inevitable. I just sound dumb. The Bills want a running back that they can trust, and I don't know if they're going to get that in the draft because now you got to school it up, you got to teach it. If the Bills make it to the Super Bowl and lose, if the Bills go to the AFC Championship and lose, if the Bills lose at all in the playoffs, they need a running back, and they're going to go after a guy like uh, Gordon because he's out in Denver. I'd be shocked if he goes to Denver. It's cold, Melvin. You could have come to Buffalo and helped the run game. And you know what? From the perspective, I literally wouldn't hate that with uh, uh, Singletary. And there's a couple other names here that could maybe go to Buffalo too. What about James Conner? Oh, Not James. going to Buffalo, but no, you think he yeah, goes yeah. back to Arizona. I, I think he does. I think he found a home. I, I, I think in this offense, it's it's going to be a similar type of deal, like a one ten year two for fifteen. I could see that. I mean, I, he fits, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I and we never got to see what it looked like with him and Edmonds one and two the entire season. So. Yep. You know, depending on what they do, if they're one and done, maybe it's a little bit of a different story, but I, I like them in Arizona and I think Me they're going to be eager to, to bring them back. I agree. Now, here, here's a tough one. Over the last few games, have the Seattle Seahawks changed their mind about Rashad Penny? <laughs> I, I like Penny. <laughs> I was saying it on the show like a couple of weeks back. I said, do you trust in Penny? And But you know what? They still got to hedge their bets and have a backup plan. There's not enough to feel confident, warm and fuzzies to sit here and say, Penny, we trust and we can go. No, you cannot. He's proven that he's proven he's got talent. We knew every time he was on the field, he was a home run guy, but the injuries, man. So, you know, no Chris Carson, if they do Penny, they're drafting a running back. And then, you know what? Here's the thing. If Russ goes out the door, they're going to need running backs because they won't have a QB unless it's like I said, Russell Wilson for Baker Mayfield. I'm doing a little bit of math here. How much did he actually have here to end the season? 
Um, Almost 100 carries, I would think. From week 13 on, and that's only, what, one, two, three, four, six games, he rushed for 671 yards. Right. He rushed for 135-plus in four of the last five. Pretty cool. And that's what we – when we see that, like, we're like, hey, that's the Rashad Penny we remember coming out of the NFL draft. Like, this is what we expected. That's right, yep. And with the way that Chris Carson can't stay healthy at all, they still have Travis Homer and Alex Collins and yeah, DJ Dallas and all this other garbage. I'm wondering that if they <laughs> fall back in love again with Rashad yeah. Penny because of what they saw the last month. And I won't be surprised because it's Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll does silly things like this. Because he falls he, in love with Chris Carson. He does. And, yep. uh, you know, he, he wants to be right on these guys. That That is Pete Carroll's getting a little senile in his old age, man. I mean, yep. come on. I like Pete. Pete's a good guy. He chews bubblegum with the best yep. of them. Right. But I mean, he's got Marv Levy chewing bubblegum jaws over there. That's what yep. he does. But, yep. I mean, the, pen, the penny thing is interesting. If, Like I said, I, I truly believe if they're going to give him a crack, they're hedging their bets and they're either bringing in a vet or they're drafting another running. Yep. Back. Wouldn't surprise me. What about lastly here? Cordero Patterson. Oh, that's a good one. I don't see him going back to Atlanta. I, really I think somebody's going to throw ridiculous money. At agreed. Him. And, and you know, what's going to happen. It's going to fail. And, mm-hmm. and it's it, Atlanta was the only team that understand, understood how to use him. And we've seen him in new England, man. And okay. Yeah. They, they used him like a Swiss army knife. Didn't work the same didn't work. way. Didn't work, man. So, I mean, where would he go? That would really make sense. The to stars me? aligned. For Cordero Patterson, absolutely. They lost Calvin Ridley. They had a rookie tight end. They traded Julio Jones. Yep. Mike Davis started off the season super slow. He just was kind of like, all right. Russell Gage was hurt. There was like no one else we got. We're going to utilize Cordero Patterson just everywhere. Even if he's got to play safety a little bit, we'll throw him back <laughs> Which there too. He did yeah. <laughs> and now he's going to end up getting and good for him. He's going sure. to go out there. He's going to get good money somewhere. Somebody's going to overpay for Cordero Patterson and they're going to expect what they got in 2021, but it's not going to catch anybody off guard anymore. And more than likely they're going to be going to a team that has other weapons. And I think the Cordero Patterson that we saw the last three weeks of the season is kind of what we see more often, you know, week by week next year. I agree. And it's going to be one of those teams that either, like you said, has, too many superstars and wants to utilize him. Yep. Like a perfect example would be like someone like Dallas. Dallas has all these wide receivers. They have Zeke, they have Pollard, but they're going to go and sign it. Patterson to be this, you know, quote unquote, you yep. know, gadget. And it's not going to work. And, and yep. you're, you're expecting him to win you what four games by himself. And then, you know, be a mismatch for four others. It yep. doesn't work, man. He goes to a place like the jets. They're going to misuse him again because they yep. don't understand how to use them. So I, it's tough for me to believe in Cordero. And I just, Atlanta's to me, you got to blow this shit up already. Just, you know, yeah, take a what are we get for? off the pot, man. Like, yeah, what, are you what are we doing? waiting for? Exactly. Exactly. All right. And then uh, I didn't put him on the list, but I figured just to ruffle your feathers a little bit to get you excited. What about Leonard Fournette? Because I know uh, you're an Uncle Lenny Uncle fan. Uncle Lenny, man. You know, <laughs> You know what it is about Uncle Lenny is like he aged very quickly. And, and I don't did. know, you know, he was so fast in Jacksonville. He could, he proved he can still catch a ball. He still has some wheels. I wouldn't hate him in Buffalo either, to be honest with you. That's me. why I wanted to mention him because I, yeah. I, I figured you have that soft spot in your heart. I do. Still. If I saw Lenny come to Buffalo, you wouldn't see me shed a tear at all. I'd be pretty happy with it, but. Perfect. All right. Next, next, next thing. You handled that one pretty well. See what I'm saying? You can't but- dodge me. Oh, it's going to get harder, though. Okay, Okay. so there's been some rumors here coming out as of late that 
potentially the Carolina Panthers could be shopping Christian McCaffrey. Now, if you were the GM of the Carolina Panthers, would you be shopping Christian McCaffrey? Great question. And I mean, the return, what's the return I'm getting? Is it, I mean, is it, it just draft picks or is it players? More than likely. I mean, it, it's not going to be anything huge. You got a guy who's going to be 26 this year. Sure. And his his pay is set to skyrocket. So what you're really getting is a lot of money off the books because he just had a season in which he made 990000 base salary. Right. That goes to $8.4 million next year. And then after that, over $11 million a year. But he does have a potential out after 2022. Right. So – that could be intriguing for a team that's on the verge that, hey, I could get this guy, potentially only have him for one year. You, you know, know what, I mean, you know what that reminds me of? The Clinton Portis thing when they traded him for Champ Bailey. Yep. That, exactly the same situation, but except Portis wasn't injured at that time. Yep. Injuries, I can understand why they want to trade him. I mean, this is two years in a row, major injuries, major lost time. If I'm the GM, I'm listening. I'm uh, If I'm the Panthers, I'm listening, man. If you mm-hmm. guys are calling, but it's got to be the right price. And it's almost like, do you go for a quarterback? I think I think McCaffrey's got to be quarterback uh, with picks. I Who's going to give one up, though? That's yeah, worth I, the that's crap. That's the thing. That's worth the crap. I what, mean. are you going to get Drew Locke? I mean, I mean not that he's <laughs> going to go to Denver. I'm just like, I'm just that's the first quarterback that came to my mind of like, not really mattering. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's just not, you can get Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, what are you going to get? James That's going Winston. to be better James than Winston, Sam Darnold. but he's a free agent, and I and I agree. I mean, shoot, man, are you? No, it's it's not Aaron Rodgers. He wouldn't. Would he? Would he? Nope. Really? No. Nope. I, I don't think so. The the intrigue for people to come here isn't going to be. I mean, Carolina is at the verge now. Now they're firing every coach outside of Matt Rule. It's like he's run out of people to point the finger at, and yeah. it's it's going to so it's going to fall solely on him because he is not. He is not. He is Chip Kelly 2.0. Is what I don't he understand is. it, though. Why I, you had it like even when CMC was out. Do you remember they were using DJ mm-hmm. Moore in the backfield? I was like, we were talking in the group chat. I'm like, this is a fucking stroke of genius. You're yep. using the potential the way it's supposed to be. And then it just all disappeared. It oh, all yeah. went away. And Sam Dar- and everybody's like, Sam Darnold sucks. The whole thing went down, man. I don't understand because he was playing well. I just I'm I'm baffled still in the entire situation. Yep. And then you have that quarterback carousel here, end of the season, where they're using PJ Walker and Cam Newton and giving Cam ridiculous money just to bench him a couple weeks later. They just it, it's a dumpster fire. Carolina is on the verge of rebuild anyway because yeah. they don't have a future lined up at this point. I'm, I love I that be- defense though. That defense is beautiful. Yep, the defense is going to be good. I mean, you heck, you get J.C. Horn back next year. Do you do you bring back Stephon Gilmore? Maybe. I mean, there's do, do they even need him? Like, yeah, Shaq I mean, Thompson, that defensive yep. line. They're just they're so good. Yep, but the offense is going. The offense is years away, and I don't know if they can get a quarterback that's going to just excel them next year. You know, I mean, it's probably going to be Sam Darnold once again, and. Even if they draft somebody, it's still going to be Sam Darnold to start the season. Mm. It, it's, I mean, I know I, I heard one of my buddies earlier. They're like, "What if, what if Sam Howell drops a little bit?" I don't because hate of, it. and then he stays in Carolina. I don't, I don't hate, hate it. it, but he's not. I don't think he's twenty twenty two ready. You know, if he is not to win, I mean, they'll put sure, him out there, yeah. but they're not going to expect a lot. Right. I mean, you're going to get your prototypical rookie numbers yep. like we saw. Like, I mean, come on, look, you look at Wilson, you look at Lawrence this year, you look at Fields, all of them subpar 60% completion this year. Yep. I mean, so you're, you got to expect out of this class, though, I am saying right as of today, I still got a lot of work to do in the lab for headliner. You wink, wink. 
but I mean, Sam Howell right now is my number one quarterback as we sit today. And, and I don't hate him staying at home. I think mm-hmm. he showed, you know what it is about Sam Howell. He showed me that grit, that heart, all his players left in North Carolina. He had nobody left except for this guy, Josh Downs, Everybody. who's an absolute baller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> and he took it to him, man. Yeah. The record was what? Six and seven. They didn't uh, do very well. Howell kept it together. He showed the leadership. He fed this Downs kid like 100 receptions this year. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't have a big run game, so Howell took off with his legs. It's one of those things, man. I think he's one of these guys that, you know, if you put him in the right system, Matt Rule's a college coach. He knows how to relate. Uh, I like it. I I think that one might actually work pretty well. I I wouldn't hate it. I think a lot of pieces would have to come into play, and honestly, I'm I'm looking at offers for Christian McCaffrey because I don't hate Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I don't I, hate him either. I, I don't I, hate I, I, Is he Christian McCaffrey? No, but I think he can even do more than what we saw this year if given more of an opportunity. So yeah, it's finding those lanes, finding those holes. He's got that breakaway wheel. Yep. So I'm listening. Exactly. I'm listening if they're calling for Christian. Perfect. Me too. Next up, a lot of people are hashtag butthurt over this last few weeks and people breaking records in 17 game seasons. Should new records that are broken in 17 game seasons have an asterisk next to them because they don't you know, hold the same weight as, as all the 16-game records. So there's a, a famous quote by uh, one of my favorite former players, and it's called Ocho Cinco. Child, please. Okay, I'll just put it that way. Child, please. Because the records are made to be broken. There's the, See, he's bringing out the jersey right there. Ocho. You can't see it. You can't see it because we're only audio. But That's right. I got the Ocho. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the Ocho jersey while you're talking about it. You do that. Child, please. Because seriously, man, you know, everybody that's complaining, you know what, just – People don't like change. I get it. I don't hate change. If, if the change is made for good purposes, I still don't know if this is a good purpose, adding an extra game in the <laughs> NFL. But I mean, the records, man, 12 games, 14 games, went to 16 games. Now we're at 17. It's just the way the NFL does, man. They print money and they're finding new ways to print money. So for me, yes, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. The records, the first couple of years are going to suck to say, Oh, you had this many games. Look at J or TJ Watt, man. He tied the sack record and he played uh, 14, 15 games. So mm-hmm. get out of town, man. I, I, you know, it's all subjective on how you want to cut it. I'm okay with it. 17 games. Stop your butt hurt crying. The, the league just moves forward. Uh, I don't get paid off of NFL records, so I really don't care who holds what. It's cool to watch it at that time, and that's that's fine with me. That's I'd rather sit right now in 2022 and watch someone break a record than not. I mean, because then exactly. I can say, hey, I, I watched that happen. You know what I mean? So I, I really don't care uh, either. All right, last thing I got for you. We saw a lot of, I guess we can just call them quote-unquote breakout rookies yes. this year. Yes. Somebody's going to slump next year, Chris. <sighs> We got three running backs and three receivers. All right. So out of the running backs first, Najee Harris, Elijah Mitchell, or Javante Williams, which were the top three producing rookie running backs this year in fantasy, which one takes the biggest step backwards in 2022? I got to say it's Eli. I I just, I have to, because as much as I do like Shanahan and how he utilized him, we've seen this dance and pony show too many times. Flipping backs, take them out, go here, go there. You know, here's the thing. Pittsburgh, they potentially don't have a quarterback. What are they going to do? They're going to run the ball a lot. Denver still doesn't have a quarterback. Melvin might be gone. They're going to run a lot. You know, you have Trey Lance. You still have Jimmy G. If Jimmy G's gone, Trey Lance is in. Now you got RPO system. I'm going I'm going Eli with regression. Now, here's the reason, because I, I know that that's kind of like the obvious answer to select. But here's why 
I included him. Both Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. are free agents. Sure. And we saw Elijah Mitchell, when healthy this year, get 20-plus touches a game, which in fantasy is like gold, right? We're looking – there's very few guys that get those 20 touches a game, and we're not talking just like, oh, he – he barely touched 20. We're, we're talking about approaching 30 mm-hmm. some weeks. And whenever he was healthy, even if it was his first week back from injury, the guy was getting 20 plus touches. They just drafted him last year. They obviously like him. And if they don't bring anybody else in big or draft anybody early, what's to say that the guy can't do it? I mean, he just went out and had 963 yards rushing, 137 yards receiving, and six total touchdowns mm-hmm. and didn't even play the entire season. Like, you know, what do we do if we project him for 16, 17 games? I, know. I mean, in that offense, if he's the lead guy, all of a sudden, yeah. I think he could maybe improve on those numbers. And I, I don't hate it. I don't discount it. If you're if you're putting him up against the three of them, I have to put him as the as the, the, the most likely to regress. And then we got to not forget about Trey Sermon. I think that this year for Sermon may have been just, hey, dude, you sucked at everything you know, go on IR and go learn the game. Like, I think that's kind of where they're at. If he ups his pass pro, now you got your one-two punch, you know, Eli being the speed finesse, you got the pound ground and heavy. It's kind of like your thunder and lightning in San Francisco. You add in Trey Lance, you add the read option. I mean, it's, it's almost like Baltimore written all over again, but I don't dislike Eli. You gave me a tough question. I had to pick one of them. <laughs> Shit, man. I know. So. I'm telling you, it's tough. Wide receiver ain't going to be much easier. I, I for bet you. it's not, man. Because we're like talking it. about regression. Now, obviously, Jamar Chase just set the world on fire. 81 receptions, 1,455 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Crazy. He finished wide receiver five. Then he also had Jalen Waddell finish with 104 receptions for 1,015 and six touchdowns. And then out of nowhere to end the season, Amon Ross St. Brown finish with 90 receptions 912 yards and five touchdowns the easy answer the easy answer once again is just to select amon ross st brown right but why like i I won't i won't say that i won't say that i'm gonna say it's jamar i mean Uh, i can see that because that's that's a big number he said his ceiling a little too high and i mean what do we define as regression at this point are we saying 300 yards less five touchdowns we get less. to make up those rules it's our show sure. okay you know. <laughs> so you just we, tell me what rule you want exactly so i think you know what if if whatever their ceiling is if it goes below then that's a little bit of a regression right so in, in that case i mean you jamar man you just you started too quick and too fast and i mean look at look at what jj did this year right so jj mm-hmm. regressed a little bit you know based on the numbers did he not i mean i might be wrong on that i think he did regress based in yardage and touchdowns hold, hold please let me i mean this yeah. is the greatest thing about having google at your fingertips so. you know i just don't have mine set up i should do that from now on it's okay that's what i'm here for this is why you bring me on let's see mm-hmm. less in his rookie year he did not regress. He Christians. did not. Okay, no. fair enough. Uh, he played more games, though, so that that has something to do with it. In 2020, as a rookie. Because um, didn't he four, get like 1,400? 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. Okay. This season, 1,616 yards and 10 touchdowns. Okay. I, I, I take back what I said because, yeah, JJ's a freak. But, you know... But why can't Jamar Chase do the same thing? He can. He can. I'm not. And that's my can. whole thing is like, it sure. just it makes it so hard. Because it, does. it does. Who's going to stop Jamar Chase? Everybody knew this year that, hey, he's going to have Burrow's eye and right. people just can't stop the guy deep down the field. He's just getting too open. 
and, and they're only going to get better. And, and yeah. this, <laughs> this team is just going to get better, more chemistry. I mean, Burrow and Chase have been buddies since LSU. So, I mean, regression in the sense that you're saying, will he put up the same ceiling? God damn it, man. You know, Amon Ra to me is an ascending talent. I, me I, too. I had so much faith. If you guys don't believe me, I'm telling you, go to Headliner. Headliner, you on YouTube, you go check it out. I was all about Amon Ra, man. Mm-hmm. I, I in my scouting reports, you guys go and say I I had him pegged that my comp for him was a lesser Robert Woods playing with someone like Jared Goff who understands how to utilize Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. I said from the beginning, I went on a buddy's podcast who who is in Detroit, and he mm-hmm. was like, "What do you think of Amon Ra?" I'm like, "I love the guy," and I said they just got to utilize him, use him, pepper him with targets. They didn't do that. And then all of a sudden Hawkinson goes down and they start peppering him. And hey, guess what? Amon Ra looks pretty freaking good. And mm-hmm. this, he's a good talent, man. So for me, he's an ascending talent. If you want a low player fantasy football wise, who's likely going to get a sleeper value, um, it's Amon Ra for me. Yeah, I, I love some Amon Ra. I mean, I love everybody we just talked about. It's going to be really hard come 2022 offseason to try to not buy into the hype of some of these guys because it's going to happen. One of the six names we just talked about is going to, I'm not going to say bomb, but they're not, they're not going to exceed the expectations you have for them. It's just the way that the, the world works, but there is a lot of great young talent to, mm. to pay attention to once again here. And we're, we're not even talking about the new rookies coming in. Oh. To be completely honest, I'm, and this sounds bad to say too, because I mean, obviously NFL draft time is fun. I'm still looking forward more to the second and third year players than I am to the rookie class. Now, probably because they haven't been drafted yet, but with the names that are out there, yeah, especially with some of these big names getting injured here late in the college season, I'm more excited for the second and third year guys than I am the rookies this year. And, and you're not wrong. And the, the, the one thing is about this draft, it's a super heavy defensive and offensive line. Mm-hmm. This wide receiver class is, is pretty loaded, but once you get past, I think the first like, I want to say six to seven. Now Jamison's out because of the ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're talking six, seven, and then it falls off. But these six, seven are ballers. All of them are legit number ones that could be in this league too. But then the running backs, it's it's a crapshoot because you're like, do these running backs really have the ability? And they're they're good, but I, mm-hmm. I I don't know if we have a stellar stellar running back. But you're not wrong, man. Second and third year players in the league stacked. Man. Stacked in the and the if these quarterbacks, uh, this generational quote unquote quarterback class comes to play and are like, you know, next year we we go up that level of ascension too, dude. Man, this the, Roger Goodell is sitting on his couch being like, please, two of you at least hit and yeah. he's smiling. Yeah, I mean, just think about the amount of impact that it could have with a a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, all these guys just taking over in 2022 and putting on a show. Mm. I mean, that just makes the entire NFL as a whole better and gorgeous. I'm, I'm, I'm gorgeous. here for it. I'm here for it too. It's gorgeous. Hey, you, handled the, you, you handled the hot seat pretty good. I threw some stuff at you. There's yeah. some, some difficult questions, but you handled it pretty well. I guess my, you can my, keep my your, seat, your job. Yeah, my seat's a little nice and chilly here, man, because, you know, I was just hitting them down with some wow. ice. There's no way that that seat is not warm right now, <laughs> It's a but bit. I'm not going to check it. It's a little clammy if you want to <laughs> see, you know, just a little bit. But, hey, before we get out of here, I, I, yep. you know, we'll do this quickly. We'll do this very quickly. Okay. The great debate. Oh, God. Josh Allen. Or Patrick Mahomes. And let me just set this up for you. I'm not saying, you know, here, preference. I, <laughs> I was debating half the day with my buddy on this. So I had to bring it up because everyone has their preference on the quarterback. And I'll never hate your preference. But if I can give you some education here on how close these two individuals truly are. 
the last two years, let's just go off two years because I mean, that's 32 games. That's enough of a Mm -hmm. sample size to, to make this right. Josh Allen, 8,951 yards, 73 passing TDs, 25 interceptions. He ran for 1,184 yards and 14 rushing touchdowns. He went to the AFC Championship last year and lost to Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, 9,579 yards, 75 touchdowns, two more than Josh Allen, 19 picks, six less than Josh Allen. His rushing, obviously, 689 and four touchdowns, not as good as Josh Allen and Super Bowl loss in 2021. However, on top of that, so Buddy says to me, I've never seen Josh Allen come back in games. I had to look this up. He has Josh (laughs) Allen has eight fourth quarter comebacks, 11 game winning drives. So he's clutch. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you would think he's better. Nine fourth Mm -hmm. quarter comebacks and 10 game winning drives. So, man, this is like even Steven up in this piece. Is it seriously just about preference? Is it now? What are we talking about? Are we talking about like overall quarterback talent? Are we talking about fantasy football? Are we just talking about, are we just looking at like, well, we know fantasy, we're going Josh Allen at this point. Right. Because of the rushing upside. Because of the rushing upside. So let's let's break this down. Just, you know, football. Who do you, who's your guy? Who is your I mean, guy? you look at their arm talent. Same. Very similar. Correct. Very so they can both throw the ball deep. Um both don't really have any deficiencies in the passing game, like glaring consistent deficiencies. Um, the mistakes. I mean, I think the number for Patrick Mahomes really crept up this year. Before, the, I think this year was his demise. If you go back three years, the, the numbers may look a little bit different. But sure, I, I it's hard because I think you can say that Josh Allen has more comebacks, but then you can also say, well, his team fell behind more as well. And then all of a sudden it turns into, well, who has the better defense and who's being put in the situation. There's so much you can look at. If Absolutely. I'm, if I'm starting a team and I have to select one of these guys – to do it, you won't like the answer, but I'll probably still take Patrick Mahomes for the only reason that, and I guess this could happen to anybody. I'm not a huge fan of, now I'm a fan of it, but if I was building, I wouldn't want my quarterback running a whole lot. Fair enough. I don't like it either. I don't, me personally, I would prefer when you have to, you have to, but no designed runs. And even though Josh Allen is capable of it, he's a big body, he can, he can absorb it that's too much talent for me to risk taking a big hit. I know you can say the same thing that, Hey, Mahomes could drop back and, and take the same type of hit and, and be in the same situation, which I understand. It's just, I, they are, they're super, I can't, I can't fault one of them for any one certain reason. I think yeah. that they're, they are super close, but they're, they're not really looked at. I think Patrick Mahomes is just, put on a pedestal like, and that's I don't... my problem and that is my problem right there and i'll tell you where the bias comes from for me it's contract not even <laughs> it's the 50 touchdowns that he threw in that, that in that first year and that's where every, he lit the world on fire he did a jamar chase for quarterbacks mm-hmm. and everybody now over that span is like patrick mahomes patrick mahomes do you know how many and i'm not cussing patrick mahomes i like him man i think he is one of the best if not the best in the entire league i'm just saying him and josh allen are so much closer than people give it credit for mm-hmm. and he, and the thing is you go and look at his stats after that 50 season he hasn't gone over 40 touchdowns he has been in that 45 4300 range in passing his his interceptions have crept up to 13 this year but i think the the point i'm trying to say is how many times did we see patrick i guarantee if i could find the stat how many uh, dropped interceptions has Patrick Mahomes had 
he'd lead the league because he does mm-hmm. all that crazy shit. Okay, you got to be good to be lucky. I completely understand. So I'm not going to fault him for that. He tries a bunch of stuff. I don't like Allen's game, his carelessness when he runs with the ball. It's like he's carrying it like a fucking and loaf hurdling of bread. and everything. I don't Dude, like that. Stop <laughs> doing that stuff because every time you get off your feet, you're giving me a heart attack and you're the franchise. But I mean, I don't hate the pick. Again, as a Bills homer right now, I am as objective as completely possible when I evaluate players. My Bills homership does not come into play. But I do love some Josh Allen, man. I won't lie. I, I love his game. His heart to me is is amazing. He's for this team. He wants them to win. He wills them to win. And he puts them on their on his back. So, I mean, it, you can't go wrong, like you said, either way. So, based on, on fandom and Homer style, I'm going Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super close. I mean, I guess you can maybe, maybe somewhat tip the scales towards Mahomes when it comes to kind of just like, that X factor. Sure. I mean, we, we see him making the Superman throws 30 yards. He's full extension. No idea where he even gets the power. I remember that in the Super Bowl last year, and, and the guy dropped it right there on the goal line. I mean, that's a touchdown pass. You know what I mean? And I don't know if very many people in the NFL could make that type of throw. Uh, and I think maybe that's kind of – it's the Sports Center top 10 plays it that is. kind of get Patrick Mahomes the edge because that's what people remember. I think – Overall solid play, Josh Allen is right there. I just uh, – it would worry me too much to have him doing the things that he does in the running game. No, and I can't hate it. Like I said, I will – personal preference, but you agree. He's My point is he's, like, on the same level. Oh, yeah. They're, they're at the same table is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Kyler would be there, too, if Cliff Ky- Kingsbury would get his, uh, his ass. Kyler's still there. I think he's uh, – you know, no. he's, he's got a little kiddie seat. He was. He was there. <laughs> And then the last he's four short, weeks, man, he's got a last four seat. weeks. They kicked him straight out the door and be like, you do not belong yet. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Back you're, to the waiting room. Your player card has been revoked, man. Basically. Get out. Yeah, I, I agree. But there you have it, man. That's all I got. That's all you got. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did my best to bring some to the table for you this week, trying to make you sweat a little bit. Damn it. I'm, I'm dry, man. I don't even need a towel. I'm dry. Wow. That's that's the story of my life. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. We'll get out of here anyway. <laughs> so on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Jake on Twitter at FNTSY Headliners. To all listeners, thank you for all support. On behalf of Jake, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.